Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Fail Mary podcast, a bonus episode for you guys out there in place of next week's episode. As I said, I will be away, so instead you can have this absolute treat. Joining us very, very shortly via the phone is the head coach of the GB Junior Lions team, American football team. He's just come back from America where he's been learning for, from some, um, some college-level teams more about the intricacies of the game and he travels with his under-19 and under-17 teams across Europe and the rest of the world competing in international tournaments. His name is Coach Neil McMaster and I'm going to ring him up now, so sit tight for about 10 seconds and then we will hear from him. And joining me now via the uh, the Fail Mary satellite network is the the man himself, the head coach of the GB Junior Lions team. His name is Neil McMaster. Hello, Neil. Hey, man. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate the opportunity. Well, Thanks very much. You are the head coach of the GB Junior Lions. Yeah, yeah, the head coach. Yeah, as as of 2019, it's a, a reasonably new appointment, but still a very exciting role for you. Can you tell me about how you were uh, sort of how you started out in American football in the UK and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I, probably the same. A lot of people did. I kind of started uh, youth football back when it was 11 on 11, uh, 17. Um, and started then just after I'd finished with rugby. Uh, went to uni and played it there, and that was when I started to get really into it, and then played with these Cobra Pirates for a, for a lot of years until I moved down south, and then it, it just wasn't the same. Um, not that the teams I played for down here were, you know, good or bad, it was just different, and I, I wanted to move more into coaching uh, then, so I started off, I actually started coaching youth football at East Cobrides, so then two seasons up there with a 5-on-5 team, setting them up. Um, then done a little bit down here with Bedfordshire Blue Raiders uh, and the youth team there, and then kind of moved on to Valley Eagles and was always looking to, you know, to get better and opportunities to, to progress. Took up a, a role with a GB adult team, the men's team, as a, a like an assistant and assistant type deal. Uh, I was there just to learn and pick up phones and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that was a great opportunity. And then from there, um, GB Junior stuff started. I applied to get into that. Um, I was initially appointed as the offensive line coach. I then got moved up through various different um, people leaving. Uh, you know, stuff happens. Uh, and was offensive coordinator. And then got made interim head coach in February. Uh, and then was officially appointed head coach in um, June, I think, this year after quite a long interview process. I mean, I mean, a real stalwart of the team. You've been around the operation for ages. That's really well done to you and just a brilliant example to you know, how sort of, you know, sticking with it will end up with tremendous dividends. Um, do you, how have you seen the, the progression of the game at this sort of, well, at a national and international level? Have you seen the Brit Ball programme come on since you've, uh, since you first started out in it? There's, there's more guys now who are interested in football just in general. Like the, the awareness of the sport has, has grown massively. Um, I think the, the top end's got a lot bigger and better as well. Like just, I mean, it's, I've got a very small sample size of the people that I know, but the, the people who want to take it seriously take it very, very seriously. 
you know, they're in the gym, they're eating right, they're doing the right things. Um, and you can tell who those people are because those are the guys that are around the GB program, they're playing in GFL, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's definitely grown, uh, both in terms of popularity as a sport, um, and I think the level of performance is kind of going up. Uh, I know a lot of people look back at the 80s and 90s and say we're actually worse off than we were then, but I think it's more a case of the level of the sport's just increased a lot. Uh, I think that's kind of where it is. So, yeah, it's, it's been... This is the most exciting time in British American football for me, for, for a long way. Just with everything that's going on, like, there, there has been no better time to be involved in the sport. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, So, it's still... It is still for filling in the people who have never heard of the the GB Lions program or anything like that. It's still technically an amateur sport, although they do take it very seriously, as in you can't players aren't paid to play, so they've got jobs in the uh, in the part time to make sure that they can continue to support themselves whilst they're trying out for this um the dream of playing for the UK and for G B, etc. Um what would you say to people who are looking to get into the sport and looking to progress and try and represent their country at uh, junior and senior level? Uh, at junior level, I think like the opportunities are are definitely there, and there there's more opportunities for you if you're between thirteen and seventeen playing the sport because we're getting more and more like especially if you're involved in GB, you're getting more eleven on eleven film that you can send over. So if you want to go to high school in the states or college in the states, there's way more opportunities for that to happen now. Um, so that's why we get a lot of like really good rugby players who are maybe not going to make it as a professional or would be bouncing about. They're coming and trying American football now because they can see a future in it. They can see a, a path through education for them that they might not get otherwise. Um, so certainly at a junior level, that's a massive pull for you. Um, if you're... The, the good thing about the leagues uh, is that even if you just want to come and try it out, there are teams available for you to go and do that. Like, if you just want to play on a Sunday, you know, put the pads and the helmet on, run about a bit and just enjoy the sport, there are teams out there that you can do that. Um, and if you want to take it really seriously, there are absolutely teams out there as well for that. So there's a good, a real good mix between um, what kind of level you want to be at and how committed you want to be to it. And ultimately, if you're... A really good at it and B uh, have the ability to move about a bit. You know, there's a lot of European teams will pay you to go and play over there. Um, so yeah, there's definitely opportunities for everyone. You know, no matter what kind of shape, size, experience you've got, to to come and try out the sport and see. You know, there, there's teams there for everyone. Really, it's just a matter of turning up and giving it a go. Yeah, absolutely. And the NFL as well is is taking, well, not just the NFL, actually. Did you see the other day that the CFL is holding a, a combine down in Bristol in, in January? Have you seen a pre-combine? Did you see yeah, this? Yeah, there, there's so many different things. I mean, you look, I mean, maybe 15 years ago, there was nothing like that. And now, in the last 15 years, you've got the Hilton Pride Academy who's set up, um, you know, they train four times a week, I think, and they're in the gym. They're sending a ton of kids to the States. You've got the NFL academies just set up as well with the same purpose, um, you know, practicing four times a week, gymming it four times a week, that kind of, you know, mentality. So when you've got things like that set up, 
places start to come and want to be involved. So the CFL's coming over. They've they've had a massive push uh, across Europe last year um, to have a trial, and I think there's five German guys are over playing in it this year. Um, they've opened it up to us for next year as well, which is awesome. Uh, and they've got a whole thing around Mexico and Europe to try and get spread the word of the CFL, which I think is awesome. And I don't think it'll be... I mean, the NFL's holding a, a tryout as well in Germany this year. Uh, and in not too distant future, I don't think. Um, so that's, that's both of them, the CFL and the NFL, are, are, are over fairly close by holding tryouts because they want athletes to show up. They can see the, the, the possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we must turn to the NFL because that is that is what the podcast is all about. Um, we are six weeks in and it's you're sort of getting to the point where things are starting, the dust is starting to settle a bit after the first few weeks. Teams are starting to slow down offensively and essentially it's more about, it's becoming more and more about preparing week to week than it is about what you did in the preseason to get ready for this season and injuries cropping up and the likes of that. So I'm going to put my top 10 teams to you. Um, and right. I want to hear what, why I th- I'll tell you very briefly why I think they're in the top ten, and then I want to hear what you think of them and in your in your professional opinion. And if I'm completely wrong, then please tell me. Yeah, are you starting at one and going down, or are you starting at ten? I'm going to start at ten. Right. Okay. So number ten yeah. is the, the Eagles. I I mean the, they keep finding ways to beat themselves. I think is the problem, especially when they're defensively on their back end. Just. I mean, again, in the Vikings games, the amount of times they got beaten over their own heads seemed reasonably fundamental, but there are still a lot of pieces there that I really like, one of them being Carson Wentz. So I think small adjustments to be made all over the place will, and you'll suddenly see them take a step forward and become quite a good team. Yeah, I think there's, I still have questions about the, their offensive line. You know, they're, they're getting old. Um, you know, Jason Peters is, is kind of on a bit. Um, you know they're not as good as they were, you know, a couple of seasons ago when they went to the Super Bowl. I'm, I mean, anyone in that division really, you know, like AFC East just isn't isn't formable at the moment. To be honest, you know, like Philly and Dallas are both three and three. I wouldn't put a stake in the ground for either of them being a particularly good team. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean. Washington, we don't really need to go into that too much. Yeah. The no, they're not uh, on my list. Yeah, funnily enough. That uh, uh, does potentially a better question is who's a worse team, Cincinnati or Miami? Mm. But, um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just... I either feel they might be a bit lower. I just don't believe in them. Okay, well, interesting, interesting, good point. I'll move on to nine then. Uh, the Seattle yeah. Seahawks, not hugely keen on their defence. Um, although I do think they sort of work well as a whole unit without a significant amount of star power. And Russell Wilson, for me, is currently the MVP, um, yeah. elevating pretty much everyone around him offensively. If he can keep that sort of form going, and it's a big if, but if he can keep that sort of form going, then I see them being a playoff team at the very least. Yeah, I mean, could you name a, a Seattle wide receiver? Uh, DK Metcalf? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the, yeah. That, I mean, basically, that's where we're at. Yeah, exactly. We're straight to the barrel of the most talked about rookie. Yeah. You know, the, the, the wide receiver. So, like, that's kind of for me, I'd have them higher. Like, for them, it'd be 5 and 1. With a, as you said, fairly average defense. 
I think that's just a testament to how good Russell Wilson is. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, they, they'd be in the top five for me. Top five? Anky, yeah, Anky's awesome. Okay. Okay, there's well. No way, there's absolutely no way they should have beat the Browns this weekend. No. no yes, way. you're right. I mean, I know, I know that's the Browns doing Browns things. I get that. But, mm-hmm. like, to be that far back and be playing the way they were playing to come back and win that game, uh, it's. Yeah, Russell Wilson, I agree. He's MVP candidate for me. Like, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you'd have that one higher. Okay, so Eagles down, Seahawks up. Uh, number yeah. eight, I've got the Buffalo Bills here. They're running the ball well. They stop the run well. They, I mean, their defense generally is, for me, top three. Josh Allen, they're sort of doing damage control with him in that they, they either let him turn it loose or stop him throwing a huge amount of picks. Um so they're sort of taking the pressure off their young rookie quarterback. And I think that is the right way to treat this organization. If you can run the ball and the team can't run the ball on you, then all you've really got to do, which is what I wish the Buccaneers would do, is limit your quarterback's mistake-making and allow for them to have some of the easier the opportunities. Again, they're doing it without much like star power, but defensively they've been unbelievably good, especially against the Patriots. I thought they were amazing. And I think that sort of that sort of approach to the game and that sort of run first and support your quarterback and and make sure he's he's not the bearing the brunt of the responsibility is the sort of thing that can get you to the playoffs, especially in that division where they're almost guaranteed to finish second at this point. Yeah, I mean like they're they're four and one. Like I I mean seeing Buffalo that far up the division is a bit of a shock, but I agree I, their defence is awesome. Their defensive line is one of the best. Um, going about Ed Oliver's the the rookie from Houston's killing it. Really like him. Uh, I agree with your take on Josh Allen. Uh, he has upsides like just having an arm like that. You can stretch the field at any point, but it's about limiting stuff. So I don't know how many uh, like full field full field reads he's getting. You know where you you know you start on the left and you work all the way through down to the check down like your fifth read. Mm. I'm not sure they're doing that with him. I think they're giving him one, two, three, and then that's it. Um, and yeah, run the ball, play action off. It's a proven way to win in this league. In that league, sorry. So yeah, I, I like what they're doing. I really like them having Frank Gore as well. Mm, yes, I love Frank Gore. He's such he's a workhorse. Do, yeah, he's not going to do a ton for them. I mean, he's kind of getting up there, but... Just the type of person he is, like, there's never been anyone in the league pretty much with a bad word to say about him. Yeah. He seems to be an awesome guy off the field. Um, and he's probably taken a hold of Josh Allen and just been like, look. Yeah. So a big leadership role. Yeah, yeah. I think I think kind of that's where he's at. And I think that's why, you know, fair play to the coaches as well for, for recognising they need someone like that and going and getting it. But, yeah, I, I like Frank Hall a lot and... I kind of think he's a big reason why they're there, not necessarily his performance on the field, but just his, the way he can help bring a team together and allow just allow that defensive line to go and get people to live. Awesome. Okay, so you agree with them at eight then? You like that? Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Smashing. Okay, next up, I've got the Panthers here. Um, everyone thought when Cam Newton went down it might be the end of their season, but this, this young lad stepped up and they haven't lost a game since. Their defence, again doing very well as a unit. Their pass rush, especially considering I can name F.A. Obado, and that's just because he's British. I think their interior with um, Dontari Poe and Gerald McCoy is really good at causing problems right in the middle and just making an absolute mess of O-lines. And that's allowing McCaffrey and the offense in general to just sort of 
not have to be ridiculously explosive just to sort of tick along and make sure they keep totting up the points. And that seems to put them in good positions in most games. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Allen's quite an interesting one. So they were talking about it. I watched the game uh, on TV this weekend and they kept going on about it. Like He hasn't lost a game since 2017, <laughs> since he was at college. Yeah. Like, he, was, he won, he played week 17 last year and won. Mm-hmm. And he's four and zero to take it. So he's five and zero in his NFL career. Hasn't thrown an interception yet. But like it's it's kind of a like came from nothing story. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. I'm pretty sure he went from Texas Tech to Houston as well. I've got a vague recollection of him being at Texas mm-hmm. Tech for some reason. So like he he's kind of been about a little bit and yeah they'll I, I, yeah what you said about the defensive lines right. They're not. You rely on Keekley so much, and you look at what they do on defense, and they just play like, like a ton of quarters defense behind them. So just you know, four guys deep, all the time, keep everything in front of them, try and limit the amount of variation from that. They don't, they don't show a ton of two or cover three, like a, a rotation from it, because they know they've got the coverage underneath for Keekley and how smart he is and what he's doing, and. The QB doesn't have that long. Like, I mean, Gerald McCoy, they have three sacks. Yeah, three. Uh, this weekend, and probably another three or four QB hurries on top of that. Uh, you know, that that guy's a bit of a a bit of a problem inside <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that people need to start to deal with. And they they moved him about a ton. I really like that. Like he was starting the three tech and then looping at the end, and they stunted a lot, and they you know they blitzed quite a bit. It was yeah, it was really good to see. Um, I I really liked the the chat this week about um the Carolina head coach Ron Rivera, like mm. just all the chat about what's going to happen when Cam Newton comes back. Cause that's that's really interesting then. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not if you're not going to play him, do you trade him and try and get some picks for him and back Kyle Allen? Like, cause you're not you're not wedded to him. Like, you could you could go and pick up a good QB in this draft. You know, if you yeah. don't if you don't like him once you get rid of Cam, but do you risk it? Do you not? Like, it's it's a really interesting dynamic what's going on. I like where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's McCaffrey, a good problem to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yes and no. If I was in his position, I'd be worried mm-hmm. because I get them. I mean, I I don't know any of these guys, but I get the impression that Cam Newton's not. Uh, he may make a bit of a fuss about it if he, you know, if he doesn't come back and is a starter. Um, but we'll see. They've got a bye this week after the game, so uh, after the game over here. So yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a couple of weeks because Newton must be close to becoming back. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not long away, and there's yeah, they, you're right. There was talk about do they just sort of get one of the physios to keep telling Cam he's not okay, even if he is okay, yeah. and then when it finally, if the wheels ever fall off, then they can be like, oh look, you're all right. Come yeah. on, come come in and run the ball a bit more. You can see that happening as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's I've got them at seven. You agree with that one? Yeah. Excellent. I mean, that's based entirely on the defensive line of McCaffrey and nothing else, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and just get good game management from Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, number six then. Um, I think I might get a bit of flack for this one. I've got the Chiefs at six. Um, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I see, I understand that... I love. I, I mean, I love watching Mahomes. I love watching more more than that. I love watching Andy Reid's offense. They can't stop the run. 
and that's really quite fundamental to the game at the moment and it's also quite a big adjustment to make and Mahomes in these last few weeks these two losses in a row has been limited and I know his ankle's injured or whatever but if you put it all on one person to just continue continually make ridiculously good plays and then that person gets hobbled and you suddenly are are this weak and are losing to teams like Houston and stuff like that for, for me that's a problem a really big problem yeah, but I mean, Tyreek Hill came back, had a decent game. The ankle doesn't look that bad. I mean, you know, he's probably getting an injection and taped up, so mm-hmm. he'll be okay. Uh, but I mean, he lost it again this week. He got rolled up again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, <clears throat> I 100% agree with you on the handed offensive stuff. I love him. I, I, as a Raiders fan, it's difficult to say, but I, I really like what Holmes <laughs> is doing. Yeah. My my thing in the NFL has always been like if you're looking at a team, what's what's New England going to do to beat that team? Because New England transition wildly from spread air it out fifty times a game yeah. to I form they're going to run the rock sixty times a game. Like and they can do both of those things. If they're playing Kansas City now, they're putting two tight ends in the game and a fullback and running the ball right up them, and they'll never ask Tom Brady to do anything other than play action. Yeah. I agree completely. That, that tells you exactly what the weakness of that team is. Yeah. And, it's, and it'll just be a massive, that'll be their limiting factor. Because your offense can score you 50 points a game, but if the defense is giving that up, mm. it's going to have to put more pressure on the offense to be brilliant. And you, you tend to see these offenses fade away a little. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Colts didn't even need all these different formations. They literally just beat him up front in both directions and walked all over them for the whole game. Yeah, but in fairness, the Colts have my favourite player in the NFL right Is that now, Quentin Nelson, for any chance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bull, I love and him. Dude, he plays left guard, which is when I played. Okay. Uh, yeah. You see yourself so, in him? Uh, no, no, I was never that good, but I love him. He, yeah, I, I'm another one who's just very, very fun to watch. So Chiefs at six, you agree with that one? Yeah, reluctantly, yeah. Would you, would you put them lower? No, no, I just don't like Kansas City. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, number five, I've got the Packers here. Um, Aaron Rodgers, for me, this the last this game this weekend was really important in that he didn't have all the weapons he might like and he was still making things happen. And I know Detroit were very unlucky with the calls, yada, yada, yada. But his receivers were dropping stuff and he maintained his calm and he kept going and he put that drive together at the end and the Green Bay defence is as good as it's been for a long time and the last time it was really good they won a Super Bowl. So Aaron Rodgers plus very good defence equals Super Bowl. No? Yes? Oh, you're laying that tag on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're that good. Okay. Um, I think as an Oakland fan I'm kind of okay with the matchup this weekend. Like, I think if we can run the ball the way we ran the ball against um, Chicago, Chicago, yeah, like I'll be, I'll be, because then you just limit them at a time Rogers has got on the field. Yeah, and his whole line's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I, yeah, I just think there's op- there's opportunities there. Put it that way. I think that'll be a tight game. Uh, earlier I said like Cleveland Browns and Cleveland Browns things. Mm-hmm. The last week was just Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. Like, that's exactly what he does all the time. Never goes too high, never goes too low. Just believes that he can do everything he wants to do on the field. 
and trust that at some point someone will help him out. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, also that, that hands to the face thing, that call that they got. Yeah. Absolute joke. I mean, and there was two That's... of them. It was awful. It really yeah, was bad. I don't want to go too technical in it, but no. there's, a huge, there's a huge effort from like the top offensive line coaches out there. Yeah. Really focus and defensive line coaches as well to really focus on playing with the hands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it kind of slipped into the neck, but you're always taught to aim for the V of the neck, so that's always going to happen. Yeah, like I, I think that was a poor call. I think the defensive lineman done everything right. I think the offensive lineman could have played him better in that specific situation, but it definitely wasn't hands to the face. That was a that was a nonsense call. Yeah, I mean, it was just factually wrong because they said for hands to the face and his hand wasn't on his face at any point, so... Can't. No, I mean, I think he, he, he did glance it at one point, but, like, it wasn't even close to anything like hands to the face. I think it was just, like, his knuckles hit the bottom of the chin when he was going for the neck. Yeah, but you're right, it was, it was a slide, wasn't it? Yeah, if your pass rush move is choke the guy out, and, you know, it's a risky one, but fair play for tracking yeah. it. And that's from an O-line coach, so there you go. That is a truly unbiased opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, i just like to see good players make good plays. Yeah, I'm not fussed with so line or D-line. That awesome. D-line made a good play, and the ref pinged them for it, and they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Packers at five, you, you would put them lower then? No, I'm kind of okay with it. I just, I, I mean, again, I'm talking through most empty glasses with this weekend, but I, I like the matchup from an Oakland point of view. But I agree with you that they are they're good. I just don't think they're Super Bowl good. Okay, well, fair enough. So on to number four then. I have the Texans here. Um, mainly because Deshaun Watson is becoming as good as I thought he would be when I saw him um, at Clemson. And they've done the right things in terms of changing the scheme so he doesn't get destroyed every single game six or seven times. And on top of that, defensively, especially on the front end, there's questions around the back end. But on the front end, they did and have been doing a very good job at, at, I think, keeping QBs where they want them and then making plays on them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Watson and Mahomes are the new Manning and Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the new generation, those two are awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on Mahomes. But on uh, Watson, like, he's been awesome this year. If Will Fuller could catch any more than, yeah. like, one game at a time, yeah. he'd be even better. Yeah. Like, I, I think Fuller dropped, what was it, three touchdowns at the weekend? Well, I, I saw two, but I'm sure there was probably yeah. another one in there as well. Uh, well I, as a man who has Will Fuller on my fantasy team, <laughs> like, that was, a, that was a killer. Yeah, uh, I bet. Uh, it was, yeah, I, I, it's interesting to see what they're doing. Their, their defence does questions for me, but I like what Bill O'Brien's doing, like, he spent a ton of time in New England, and I think he's finally realising that he can't do what New England does. Mm-hmm. Like he has to do his own thing, um, and that's what they do. He's a completely different player to Brady, but he's good in his own ways. So just trust him and figure it out. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's kind of where they're at. So yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'd probably have Green Bay above Houston, not just because of the records. I can see what they're doing. Like Houston are a more rounded team than Green Bay are, I think. But I trust Aaron Rodgers more. Okay. Okay. So sure. Green Bay higher. Fair enough. Um, so moving on to number three, then I have the 49ers here. Um, defensive. No. Yeah, I know. I knew this one would get you. So defensively, have been good, and my my big question was, will they be able to do it against a a stronger side? Because they were they had the unbeaten record, but then they were playing the Rams, who I know have taken a step back. 
but you know, still uh, one of the the top teams in the NFL. And what I what I really like about what the Forty Nineers do offensively is that they have so many different ways of beating you. They like to run the ball, but then they've got what I th- who I think is the best all round tight end in the NFL. And then they've got the deep threat in Goodwin, and then they've got a, a good possession re- a possession receiver in um, Pettis, who I think is underrated. I don't know how you prepare to play San Francisco. I mean, you'd, you'd have to try and stop the run, but then when you manage that, they've got all these other things to unlock you with. So I think Garoppolo if I guess, currently if I doing... A, the defense? You have a problem with the defence? No, the defence is incredible. Yeah. That defence, I mean, they've invested about three first-round picks in it, so it's going to mm-hmm. be good, but that D-line's incredible. Yeah. Richard Chairman, you can just leave him on an island to do what he does. Yeah. Focus your, you know, your your other, and like honestly, San Francisco are New England from 2016-2017. Like that, they, they do exactly what New England did. Wow. Run the ball well. We'll put our number one corner over your number two receiver, and then we'll bracket your number one receiver with a corner, a number two corner, and a safety. So that's your passing game limited. Yeah. Well, we'll let our D line just go, and that that defensive coordinator is the most juiced up coach I think I've ever seen in my life yeah. especially in the NFL <laughs> yeah he's and the loving guys it. out on the field screaming at boys he's awesome Kittle's the man love George Kittle uh, Garoppolo they ask him to do literally nothing mm-hmm. I think that's the right way to use it at the moment nothing. like if you uh, you could almost pick another QB like if Gardner Minshew was in the San Francisco offense it would work I'd I dread to think how big Minshew Mania would be if he'd be killing it. <laughs> Minshew Mania. Yeah, I saw a meme that said um, Garoppolo's the guy who turns up at the end of the project and puts his name on it and gets an A for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of a little bit of that. Yeah. I, think, I do think he's capable of a lot more. Um, I kind of like him as a QB. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, personally, I've got them at two. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess here at this point you've got New Orleans at two. I have. Wow, look at that. Insightful. He's already yeah. schemed me up. <laughs> I have, uh, I have. Because Breeze is coming back or because you trust um, Bridgewater? No, because because of what they did without Breeze. Because when they were with Breeze, they were good. And then when Breeze went down, everyone else raised their game. And that, for me, is a sign of a really, really well well put together and tightly knit organisation and they've won they've won through Kamara since they've won through the defence since and they've won through Teddy Bridgewater's uh, sort of cutting it loose a bit more since as well and I think similar to San Francisco who do you stop first and when Breeze comes back as well people are going to be in trouble because the Saints defence now is up there in the top three for me right I don't if the Saints play the 49ers who do you think wins with Breeze back if the Saints with Breeze back if the Saints played the 49ers I'd go for the Saints I'd go 49ers I mean it would be an amazing game I think Alvin Kamara is one of two running backs in the NFL who genuinely makes a real difference from running back and defensively there's not that much to pick between them but he's done nothing this year Kamara yeah do you not think no. I think he single-handedly won them the, the second game after when Bridgewater first came in they sort of went okay let's just dunk everything off to Kamara and he he led the team in passing and rushing that game yeah I'm not I'm, yeah I'm not that I'm just saying like purely from a fantasy point of view look at his stats this year 
in comparison to his this, this time last year. That's true. You would think there would be more. Mm. They're really not even close. So what do you like? Do you like about the Saints? Would you have the Saints up there, up three? Love threes. Uh, I, yeah, I mean you can't you can't deny that they're they're good. Um, I mean, all, like you said earlier about Green Bay and the and the uh, taking the NFC spot in the Super Bowl. I think it'll be the Forty ers mm. I think it'll be the Forty ers Patriots in the Super Bowl. Which is essentially the Patriots versus the Patriots, but yeah. So you're on the 49ers early then, because I'm still hearing people go, "Oh, are you sure about the 49ers?" They're still going to lose four games, probably. Yeah, but get um, that you think. But I, yeah, I just think though they're, I think they're a better rounded team than the Saints are. And this sounds like I'm really backing the Saints, but like, I mean they're five and one with a backup QB. Like, yeah, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. I honestly don't know a ton about them. I haven't watched them that much. Um, they don't come up. They're not a team I study a lot. Uh, I study a ton of Baltimore and teams like that. But yeah, New Orleans haven't come up that much. But okay, yeah. Well. I, I I mean I I think there's a fall coming for them soon. I tell you what, Stephen Breeze was in. I wasn't believing him as much as I was the last couple of years. No, neither was I. But actually, I think I think maybe seven or six weeks off actually might be beneficial. He's an older quarterback. People were sort of pointing out his arm didn't look as strong as it used to. So maybe this is a bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of he now gets eight weeks off, gets to rest his arm while his hand fixes, and then comes back in fresh for the last ten or so games with a, a team that's sort of banded together more as a unit in in sort of in reaction to the fact that he'd gone down. Yeah, I mean, he may do, uh, and I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I just, the little bit I saw of them, I didn't feel like Breeze was Breeze. I'll tell you what I love about New Orleans. We won't get Taysom Hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same. Love I love Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Yeah, so do I. He's just, he's a guy that loves to play football. Mm-hmm. He's a quarterback. So I would need somebody to go and play tight end. He's hands up. I yeah. won't do it. Yeah, running back, tight end, punt, wide receiver. He's hands up. I need someone to go and return a punt. He stands up. Like you can just tell he's like sat in the front row of every meeting, with his notes out and his caffeine there, ready to go. Like his hands up at every t- every time they need someone to do something, he's got his hands up because he's just ecstatic to be there. I agree. Loads of time for people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love Taysom Hill as well. Um, so then that sort of leads us quite nicely to our number one. I'm yeah, assuming it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. England. I mean, the defense is probably the best I've ever seen in the NFL. I haven't been watching for as long as you have, but just in terms of, I mean, they're scoring more points than their offense at the moment. Um, they're they're so good at manufacturing pressure that even though their sacks aren't always their sack numbers aren't always ridiculously high, they they're always sort of in and around pressuring QBs and forcing them to rush, and then their back end is just unreal. And on top of that, they've got one of the mo- the best offensive coordinators, I think, in Josh McDaniels, in terms of his reaction to games and his strength being that in the second half, New England get better, not worse, as an offense. I I think the Bill Belichick is the best coach, in my opinion, that has ever coached American football. Yeah, I agree. Like. Uh, 
better than Lombardi, better than everyone. Mm-hmm. And 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 he, I, I say that on the basis that he does things the way he wants to do them. Like he just continually asks questions about stuff. Yeah. Why are we doing it this way? Why am I doing that? Why am I calling that play in that situation? Why do we review players that way? Like, when it, and the, one of the best documentaries you'll ever watch is that Cleveland 95. Because it talks about how his first head coaching gig, how he was building that start. And you look at the Patriots now, and uh, the bulk of it came from that Cleveland 95. Like, I mean, they, they have a completely different way of grading players than everyone else does. Like, scouting them and college players and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mo- most teams use a system that was developed in the 60s in Dallas. Um, I forgot the guy's name, but he writes on NFL.com still. Uh, he developed it, and then Bill Belichick sat in Cleveland and went, I don't think this is evaluating the things we need to evaluate. We need to change it. It went and done it. Like, he's the man. He's taught Josh McDaniels how to rethink football. Like, they are... Whatever your weakness is, that's what New England will bring it to you. Like, they're just built to do very basic things very well. I'm torn on the whole Tom Brady's a great QB, Tom Brady's a system QB. I don't really know. Mm. Uh, I could see arguments from both sides on that one. Yeah, I agree. But I, in this I situation, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I think... I mean, I picked their defense and as my fantasy team defense because I just, you know, always, always back with Bill. Like he's, he, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. No, absolutely. Just that, like that's the thing. He doesn't make mistakes. And his you, teams don't make mistakes. Can you see them losing this year at all? Yeah. Just a couple of games, just to just to yeah. keep it realistic. Yeah, they won't lose two back to back, but they'll lose one. Yeah. And it'll be against someone you won't think. It'll mm-hmm. be against like. I mean, I don't know their schedule, but it'll be against like a Houston or an Indianapolis or someone like that. Yeah. You know, or even like Minnesota could be a good one. They'll, they'll slip up when they, you know, they normally do. And I think it's a good thing that they do because they always come back stronger. Mm-hmm. I agree. Awesome. Yeah, I could see them having another 15-1, and 14-2 year. Yeah, annoyingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so that is nice to end on a uh, an agreement. Patriots at number one. What's next for the Junior Lions? So we've got our next trial uh, is at the end of the month up in the north. Um, so we split it. I, I say in the north. I mean, if you're in Scotland, it's not the north, but yeah. it's the north of England, um, just like I said, Liverpool. Um, and that that will tie up that. So we'll then pick our pick our squads. So we've got an under-19 and an under-17 squad that we're, we're recruiting for. And then once that's done, we're, we're on to uh, 2020, really. Gearing up for that, we'll have some a qualifier or some qualifiers next year for the Euros uh, and then the European Championships in 2021. So that's what we're, we're building up for that. And we want to be... Our goal is to be competitive at that tournament. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're building everything for. Okay, and if people want to find out information about how to, I don't know, uh, sign up for these trials or follow you or watch your games or anything like that, where, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, all, all BAFA, so all the GB information is on BritishAmericanFootball.org. Um, if you go in there, there's, there's links for the adult teams actually playing this weekend. Um, and 
I think it's on-site productions are streaming that, um, and hopefully we'll get the same uh, the same kind of treatment when we have games. Um, so they're and they're really good guys as well. So if you want to watch that game, all the information is up on there. Um, best place for me is um, is Twitter and Instagram. I don't do a ton of it, um, but I'm GB Junior HC on both of them. Uh, if you want to give us a like and a follow, uh, that I put most of my comments on there are about football and GB stuff. So yeah, if you want to keep in touch, that'd be great. Awesome. Coach Neil McMaster, thank you very, very much for coming on. This has been eye-opening and just brilliant. Awesome. Thanks very much for having us. Thanks earlier. very much. I really appreciate it. Yes, and good luck with everything going forward. I hope you're. I hope the, the junior Lions have much success. Thank you very much. Cheers. See you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks very much to Neil McMaster for coming on then. I mean, just that was next-level stuff, really, wasn't it? The attention to detail that that man puts in is brilliant. Uh, thank you very much to you out there as well for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Something a bit different from the Fail Mary podcast. As I said, we won't be here next week. I'm so sorry. So you've got two weekends of sport to look forward to for me to digest when we get back. That's going to have to be another double bill, maybe. Mm, we'll see. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. You can find us on social media at all at MKFailMary or on Facebook or on Instagram. It's all the same name. So look us up. If you've got a question for the mailbag, please feel free to DM or slide in my tweets or I don't know what the Facebook equivalent is. But yeah, contact the show and I will try and get round to your question. Thanks very much for listening and I'll see you in a couple of weeks.